Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cocktails and Comics. I am David Thompson, joined by Brian Hughes. Hello, Brian. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. And Tim Elliott. Hello, Tim. Greetings, programs. <laughs> and John Hyatt. Hello, John. Hey there. It's been a while since I've been on. Yeah, me too. It's good to uh, to get together. We're we are in March already of 2023, which is pretty crazy. It seems like just yesterday it was Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it we're <laughs> it's still no hover cars. I, I hate to say I I only took my tree down last week. Oh, cool. <laughs> so. Well, Brian, your wife must not be up on the latest Pinterest stuff because my wife had a Valentine's tree. Yeah. Not a, a Christmas, like a large Christmas tree, but like a third of the size of a Christmas tree. But it was decorated in Valentine's stuff. And not for my birthday, by the way, which is Valentine's Day, which I know I share with John. Which yep. we exchanged some messages, but uh, happy belated birthday, fellow Valentine baby. And to you. Yeah, and Brian well, was on the 12th, two days before us. Not just mine, but Stephen J. Rogers, um, listener oh. and friend. Yeah, he's he's my birthday buddy. So, Well, you guys missed the mark on the cool birthday. <laughs> we got Abe Lincoln's birthday. I think that's pretty darn cool. <laughs> I'm sure John... Yeah, John I mean, Abe Lincoln, President of the United States, St. Valentine's Day. What happened on that day? I'm not familiar with him. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure John and I can swap stories when you're young, you know, having a Valentine's Day birthday is oh, pretty cool, but then when no, you get yeah. older, not so much. Yeah. No, that would <laughs> suck in grade school. My <clears throat> my nephew is a leap year baby, so his technically yeah. his birthday is every four years. Like yeah. Michael Bailey. Well, I didn't know Bailey was born in the 29th, too. Yeah, yeah. So he's only like, what, 12 now? <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, time, uh, my uh, my mother had told me that, you know, once you have kids, it, it's pretty amazing how fast time goes because you have walking clocks around you. Mm-hmm. And I, as the kids get older, the more I'm recognizing that because for mm-hmm. me, my, my kids, you know, Langley will be 10 in July and Declan will be six. And it's just like, wow, uh, 10 years, like, yeah. that's not Christ- possible. Christopher just turned 16. All right. I saw and, that on I'm, Facebook. I'm freaking out here. I mean, he is, <laughs> he is a, he's a man. He is big. He's taller <laughs> than me. And he's like, just the, like the Hulk, you know? He uh, has, like, I mean, I've kind of seen him grow up. He has gone yeah. from a, a kid to full on. A dog. Viking. He is a Viking. <laughs> Well, yeah, he looks he looks from the pictures you post on Facebook, you know, he's just tall and wide, like he's just big. Yeah. When does he get his license? Uh, as long as we can hold off on that. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. you know. Good luck. Wait, Good is, luck is, is, is are, are you pushing that off or is he not interested in it? You, you know, it, it's funny um, because uh, two years ago we bought a car that we intended for him to be able to drive, him and I both to be able to drive. And that was uh, the Hyundai Veloster Turbo. It was a nice car. A lot of fun to drive and everything. And we taught him how to drive a stick in it, you know? And then all of a sudden, he had a growth spurt, and he couldn't fit into it anymore. <laughs> getting in and getting out was like a major ordeal. And he, he got pretty upset about it, too, you know? 
and he kind of lost his his interest a little bit, you know. And you know, I've got another car, and the, the, the that car you can get in and out of just fine. And I said, okay, well, you're going to have to set up your taking of your driver's ed class, all right? And he's been dying to get a job. There's several places around here, several comic book shops, and other places that would be more than willing to hire him. Okay. And but he just kind of I don't know he just kind of lost his interest in it and he hasn't made the effort to get the driver's ed class and I'm fine with that right now because just the cost of the insurance alone scares the crap out of me. I well, think that's a oh go ahead Dave. Go ahead. Well, well, I, say, I think it's a yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. You go. I, you go. I think it's a ladies first. Oh thank you <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, he's respecting his elders. No, I think uh, it's a. My nephews were the same way. We basically had to, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to drive. But my nephews, you basically had to force them to like go get your license. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when I was a kid, I got my, I actually got a permit when I was fifteen, um, but I'd gotten a moped license. And so that also functions as your learner's permit. I can't picture you on a moped, but okay. <laughs> no, my, my father and I had bought from some guy out in the west side uh, an old 1976 Tomos. It's a Yugoslavian or Hungarian <laughs> moped. And it was just completely disassembled outside their trailer. The All Yugo right? of mopeds. Yeah. So, uh, so we took this thing home and we reassembled it, but we couldn't get any of the spare parts for this thing. You know, we went around and checked with everybody. No one could sell the spare parts. So we had to fashion <clears throat> spare parts and that meant there was no gaskets we could get. So we had to use a, uh, a material that my father had, had uh, acquired from his job as an engineer. That was kind of like a liquid seal gasket to put the thing together and it didn't take gasoline. It took a, a gasoline oil mix. Mm. So we had to get that. Special like, two one? like a two stroke, like, like a yeah, two stroke. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the piston, it didn't have a, it didn't have the piston. So we tried buying one and nobody could, nobody could find the actual one, one that went for the Tomos. So we got one off of a Yamaha and we had to bore out the cylinder and everything, and the um, the the ring on it was slightly off on where the seam was, on where the, the I forget what you call it. Anyway, this thing drove like a rocket. Uh, I could get it up to easily eighty miles an hour on this thing, when most mopeds only do maybe like thirty miles an hour. So whenever you know one of my buddies would come around, they have like my I had a friend Bill Ford to have one. We had races all the time. And, I would just sit there and just light up the road. It was like, you know, like flames behind me, you know. <laughs> but um, the uh, the problem with the us using that Yamaha piston was because the thing was out of line. Once the lubrication in there got a little low, it caused basically the thing to See, explode. That? No, yeah. it exploded a little bit. A oh. uh, little bit. <laughs> I wound up... Uh, and well, it was just it was it, it it wasn't a good end. But the thing was, I drove it around for about six months, 
had a blast while I was riding around. It was a freedom that I had not had before. I mean, you, you, your bike gives you freedom, but there's also, a, you know, the the drag of having to, to pedal the sucker around and how long sure. it takes to get anywhere. When you're on a motorized vehicle, it's a, it's a little better. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, well, everything is so different now. And mm-hmm. for those that haven't listened to one of these episodes before, we started these at you know the start of COVID lockdown because this was as close as we could get, even though we were all in different states to being like we went to the local TGI Fridays or Applebee's and we're just having some drinks and hanging out and just having a conversation about what's, what's happening in life. So just, if you haven't heard one of these before, we'll probably go all over the place because I I do know we want to talk about Picard and we want to talk about the Mandalorian. Um, But I feel you. So my, my nephew who just turned 15 in December um, my dad actually has been um, kind of building him up and practicing with him, uh, you know, uh, in the parking lots to uh, to take his you know learner's permit test, which is the written test, same as it was when we were kids. Um, and he got it, but he was not gung ho about it either. And I don't know if it's having the internet and you know being able to con- connect by you know text and video you know via their phone or xbox that you know the drive to get your license is not as strong as it was in us the drive, the drive. i think that's yeah. exactly it david because they they're so connected that there's no need to go out and see your friends because you don't have to go out there and Cruise, cruise up down the strip, or go to their house, or hang out somewhere else because you can just. I, you know, I don't know that that's on their phone. That that's, I mean, maybe that's contributing, but you know, my son has got a pretty strong bond with several of his friends here, and they love spending time together. Yeah, you know, I told you guys about um, him doing that Airbnb last year, uh, basically as his birthday party, mm-hmm. and he had you know four friends out there, and they just. It was it was great to see them all palling around, being buddies and, and having fun. And whenever they get together, which they're going to do this weekend, we're going out to uh, Cidercade on Sunday, which is like a free play arcade. But it's also a great place for you, you to get all different types of cider they make there. Is that where he had his birthday party, the pictures you posted? Um, no, it, he didn't have a birthday party there. Uh, you, posted, we, you, you posted some pictures that you guys were playing all kinds of retro, well, quote yeah. unquote retro games. <laughs> well, he did. He did. We we've gone to two different retro arcades recently. One was um, free play yeah, in arcade, and that was that was just a, with a couple friends um, over there by where UTA is. And then uh, his mother and I went with him to Cidercade to check that out a couple weeks ago because we'd heard about it, and I've been wanting to check it out. And um, it's a better one than the, even the free free play arcade, simply because they've got an incredibly a much higher selection of machines, um, and then an, a fantastic selection of food uh, that they serve there. And then the drinks, of course, are not bad. They they don't serve any brand drinks. They make all their own ciders and sodas there. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing. The only thing that sucks is the parking. Well, I know when I was growing up, 
getting your license also usually coincided with you getting your first job. So that's how you mm-hmm. got to yeah. your job. You needed your yeah. license so you could get to your job. Yeah, and and with Christopher, it's it's uh, that's one of those things where we kind of stopped him from getting a job um, this year because he he had a little he'd been sick and he'd missed a good bit of school and his grades had slid a little bit. So he said, "You got to get your grades good before you can uh, get a job." And he wants a job really bad, um, but uh, he's he's got his grades back up and everything's looking good. If uh, if he were to want to go and get a job now, I don't think we would stop him. But you know, then again, he's got to get his his license and everything. But there's other things going on here, and I haven't talked about it much. But uh, we're looking to sell this house and move into another one here uh, very shortly. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Yeah, I I didn't think you had been in your house that long. Now, I've been in this house 23 years. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and um, you know, it's it's. Just not enough house for for us now. There's four of us. Store all uh, your comics. <laughs> well, I mean, my comics are in this closet right next to me. I, I've pared down my collection a little bit, but I still got over 20 boxes. You know, that's short and long boxes. That's and weird. but I, you know, I mean, it, the, it's just not enough house for us. We've got a lot of family, both on my wife's side and my side, and and we entered. We used to entertain a lot. And it's just gotten a lot harder to do at this house, making the changes that we've done to accommodate my father-in-law and, and you know, my mother-in-law when she was with us. Um, so, you know, we're looking for a larger house and we've got very specific, you know, re- requests and requirements. And we almost found one about um, a week ago, but uh, going through the financing, someone uh, made a better offer. And, that the, uh, that's so, the one you showed us. That picture that kind of looked like yeah. I said looked like Wayne Manor. Yeah, the Breckenridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a very nice house, and I really liked it. It would have been a little bit further drive than I would like for it to be. I mean, it's no big deal for me because I work from home. Right. But for my wife, if, if she while she does work from home ninety percent of the time, when she has to go in the office, she'd have to drive to Irving, and that's you know anywhere from thirty to thirty minutes to an hour, depending on the traffic. So we just want to make it as easy. But we also want to make it easy for her to reach her family and for my father-in-law to be able to reach his job without, you know, having to drive forever. So, you know, it's all consideration. And then trying to keep Christopher in the same area for his, you know, the sake of his friends and everything. Fortunately, all the best schools are right here. Well, that brings a full circle back to, you know, today's youth Mm -hmm. not having the same drive that i think we all had i remember the day getting my permit and just being like you know i had landed on the moon (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it was you know the greatest day ever you know of course i had to go through a year of only being able to drive with my parents but then you know 16 man and i'm doing the the hand slap because it was like i'm ready to go let's go to the dmv i'm doing my test you know, I'm, I want my license. And then, you know, my first car, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never forget was an 85 Mercury Topaz <laughs> that my dad had gotten from a friend who, you know, had auction connections and got it for, I don't know, it must've been $600 or something. It mm-hmm. was real cheap, but it was cheap for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my first car. But, you know, to me at that age, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, you know, the whole world is open to me now. And so you, it, I, as soon as you got out of school, you went and headed over to the arcade and blew like five bucks playing playing a couple of games like like Dragon Slayer and Space Ace and oh, well, I like started that. working when I was fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know, on limited hours, right? Because I was under sixteen, and then you know, same thing at fifteen, and then sixteen. You know, you you look back on it now, and it's like God, you're so dumb. You know, like the money you were making was nothing, but at the time. You know, it was, it was, you know, like I was king of the world. You know, mm-hmm. I had, I had my Topaz and then my second car was an 87 Topaz <laughs> gold mist, but it was a stick. I'm just seeing my a pattern here. Oh, my 85 nice. was, it was an automatic, which, uh, I learned you could do reverse drive drops in and it wouldn't blow up the transmission. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was such a huge deal, you know. Like it was like you know, just uh, it was freedom. This, it, yeah, it was, freedom. It was. exactly what it yeah. was. Freedom. You could you could go wherever. I mean, your parents still set the boundaries on when you had to be home and whatnot. But you know, you could hop in the car and go to your friend's house or go to McDonald's or just drive around. I mean, I think back now to how much just stupid driving around we did, just listening to the radio and talking bs in the car uh i i don't know like you said tim you know it's maybe kids now are so connected because you know when i was 16 right you didn't have all these means to connect you know i mean my, my first cell phone was an analog motorola phone which was a hand-me-down from my parents and it only worked when it was plugged in the cigarette lighter and it was only to be used in an emergency. Mm. Period. But say, but say you kind of not grew up with a cell phone, but at least you know I didn't get my first cell phone till I was in college. Uh, Fanula bought it for me just so she could get a hold of me. But that was you know two thousand seven, <laughs> two thousand eight, maybe. So you know we grew I got up. I got my first cell phone I guess in ninety eight or ninety nine. Is that for yeah, your job? So- or just... Well, no, I mean, I, I, I got it, you know, because at, at, at that was the point where they just started being affordable, really. Um, so, I, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, like 32, 33 when, when it really started to become affordable. Now, my old friend Sean Kaufman, he had one of those, you know, real big bricks. <laughs> that was a cell phone. And that was at the time where you didn't, you didn't dare make a call before 7 PM because it was charging a mm-hmm. mint. And by the second, you could almost see like the gas meter thing, you know, how the, the thing spins around <laughs> when you're pumping mm-hmm. gas and you just, so it's like, he'd make the calls after 7 PM. Cause like from seven to nine or seven to midnight was free. Yeah. But yeah, once you got to the peak hours, it was ridiculous. And well, then, wait. oh, heaven forbid, making this a long distance call. <laughs> when they first had to start getting popular, Walmart started selling them, and I was an automotive. So they were these bag phones. It was a, mm-hmm. a zippered bag yeah. that you plug into your cigarette lighter, and then you had to program it when somebody would buy it. And they were, I don't know, four or $500 maybe. But it was probably well, like you are, said, Brian. Those are three watt, by the way. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I work in wireless technology and yeah the old bag phones were three watt um phones 
And wow. that's where that whole, you know, oh, the, you know, the phones will give you cancer. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the old phones, they used a ton of power. And then, of course, it went down every you know successive generation of phones. And, you know, by the mid 2000s, they were using, you know, 0.03 watt of power. And I don't know what they're at now, but not a lot compared to the old ones. But, yeah, you're right. You know, it's. I've got an old brick phone that I found, I think, at a yard sale and just bought it just because it's it's an old Motorola, you know, it weighs eight pounds. Do you know what I miss? I miss the flip phones. Yeah. Because it was it was Star Trek, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it, was what, it was what we'd been waiting for all of our lives to have something like the communicator to flip open. Yep. I had Doesn't, a Razor that was like that. It was so cool. Ooh, the Razors were the hot ones. Doesn't Motorola still make that? Have you gone back to that little flip yeah, I think they, you, you they, can get they, a flip phone for like twenty bucks now if you don't want all the smartphone features, like a burner well, phone. Motor- or Motorola came out with um, it was last year, or the year before the new Razor, which is a, a foldable screen. Phone, yeah, that one. And they call it the Razor. So on the outside, it looks just like a the Razor that we know, but with a, a larger exterior screen. Then when you flip it open. You know, it's got the full large screen with the Android OS. But yeah, it's 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 amazing how much technology has changed. And again, trying to bring this all together. Yeah. You know, that kids don't have that same drive that we had of like, oh my God, I'm gonna get my license and then I can go hang out with my friends at McDonald's. I mean, that was a big deal for me when I was sixteen. I could go hang out. You know, until nine o'clock, and then I had to head home um, in my topaz. The, the <laughs> well, it's like magnet. you know, when you're growing up as a on weekends, there was nothing on TV Saturday or Sunday unless you watched sports. So right. we were always out doing stuff. Now everything they could possibly want to entertain themselves is at their fingertips. So there's no yes. reason to get out and do anything. And- yeah, and and you know, like I said, you know, like a lot of times after school, I go hang at the arcade or yeah or whatever, and they don't need to do that because they've got the game machine at home, an arcade in their pocket or or in their pocket. The yeah, it's yeah. They, there's a lot of that, and of course, what social media has given them is is basically told them there's not a single girl within a five mile radius that'll have anything <laughs> to do with me, so why bother going out? <laughs> John, what was your first car? <laughs> uh, you mean one that I bought on my own? Oh, or, you know, your your parents, you know, my my dad was the one who found that Topaz. I didn't choose it, but I had to pay it yeah. off, you know, the six hundred. No, I mean, my dad had a little, uh, we had a little Datsun pickup truck that my dad let me drive. I mean, it wasn't ever mine, but he let me drive it. Uh pretty much exclusively when because uh, I, I grew up in the country so um my school was what 30 minute drive away so it was, what, it was wow. 20, it's about 30 miles just to go to high school wow. um so if i didn't want to take the bus in or i overslept um which i got yelled at a lot for uh and missed the bus then i could drive the truck in or i could take it into work um i worked in the next town over which was 15 minutes away at a burger stand 
uh, flipping burgers and all that. So yeah, that was that. And then when I got out of the Navy, um, I just went and got a Datsun pickup truck myself because I wanted to be able to haul crap around and drive out and take long trips. And uh, it was a diesel because diesel was cheaper than regular <laughs> gas at the time. I don't think it is now. No. <laughs> Been I don't even while. think it's very plentiful. I, I don't even know. I, I think I know of one place in San Diego where there's a diesel, uh, where you can get diesel from. But um, uh, yeah, so uh, that was that. And then after that, I got I got some bomb of a car. It was a Dodge Neon or something like that. <laughs> God, <laughs> hi. <laughs> It was a bomb though. I mean, the pack, the paint started flaking off, and then the 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 engine block cracked. And uh, I was able to trade it in, and the the dealership took that, and that's when I got a Hyundai um, Accent. And uh, so, yeah, I don't have very sexy cars. I, oh, I, yeah, pretty practical. Mine was Soft a as you could get right now. Was a black '67 Bug. What? Yeah, bought yeah. for four hundred dollars. the The front of it smashed in, so we had to replace the hood and the fenders and the headlights. But there was a place in uh, Argyle, I think, that was just sold Volkswagen stuff. It's called Volksfolks, and that's all they sold was Volks. So you went down there and picked up two, <laughs> two fenders and a hood. I never painted them, so the whole time I had it, they were gray primered. And I drove that for. It was a stick, yeah. I, I, everything I drove was a standard up until I bought my uh, Nissan truck. So the first five cars <clears throat> I have are all standards, yeah. Tim, then I had you a, are you are a a walking uh, uh, stereotype there with the <clears throat> the primer <throat> car. <laughs> well, <clears throat> and then I got a uh, a rabbit. At that, I had a burnt orange rabbit '76 model. Ooh. Um, I love that car. And then I found a 67 bug that somebody had restored. I bought that one and I still had the rabbit. And at the same time I bought off a friend of my little brother, his dad had bought him a Datsun Fairlady 63, sweet little convertible. They were going to fix it up and he got, <clears throat> he didn't want it. So he got rid of it. And then, uh, so at one point I had three cars. I had the Datsun, I had the Rabbit, and I had the Volkswagen. Wow. Who's showing the picture of the Mustang 2? That's that me. That's my first car, 77 Mustang 2 with a 302 V8 in there. It was a little horsepower. car and it it was I mean the thing no it was actually had it had a lot of get up and go. Uh paid $700 for it and then it paid another $700 to get it painted and Get a new top put on it and new wheels and everything. So it was, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to drive around. And every girl that I knew wanted to use it for their driving test because it was so such a short car, you know. Mm. And and it made uh, parallel parking uh, real real easy. So it, it was uh, it was actually a lot of fun to drive. And uh, the, the only thing was that these car was made on the exact same frame as the pinto models yep. that ford put out and so it had the same uh gas tank issue and i don't know if you guys know that whole story but the the pintos in the late 70s if they got backed into or hit in the rear just right they'd explode and so ford had to go and do some 
weird machinations with the gas tanks to make sure that wouldn't happen. Well, someone messed around with the one on this one so that uh, if it got anything more than about five, six gallons and it, it would start leaking. And I took it to everybody that, that could fix something like that and nobody could fix it. So I was driving around with a car. I could never have more than five or six gallons of gas in it. Yeah, that's it hits close to home because so we the house that I grew up in uh, mm-hmm. was in Apple Valley and then we moved in 86 and it's it's always stuck out because of two reasons. So the Challenger explosion. Mm. Right. And then um, my best friend was my you know, was my next door neighbor and they had a Pinto station wagon. And they were coming back from a birthday party slash going to Toys R Us. And they were rear-ended. And the car burst into flames. Ooh. And Jacob died, my best friend, you know, and I was that age. And the kid that survived that was with them, I saw him all through middle school and high school um, had severe burns, you know, across his whole body. So his fingers were, were gone. Just they were nubs and, you know, had to wear a mask on his face and no hair. And it was one of those reminders, you know, especially as I've gotten older, that the smallest things that you don't think are consequential turn out to be huge. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind that if my parents had not moved in 86, because this happened in 87, that I would have been in that car. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, how things could have been different. But yes, you know, what you're saying about, you know, the the Pinto gas tank is real. (laughs) Same thing. Well, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to bring up a, a sad memory. No, I, I remember being in second grade and, and getting, you know, told the teacher pulled me out of class and said, um, you know, your your mother called and something has happened. And, you know, getting on the phone, my mom telling me what happened. And, you know, it was, of course, at the time as a kid, you know, I'm, I'm upset about it, you know, and then looking back on it now, it's like, oh, my God, thank God my parents moved. And a lot of that was just driven because. Uh, the house we were living in, you know, wasn't conducive to having three kids. And yeah. my mom was expecting, you know, my brother, Stephen, you know, not knowing that Ashley would be on the way at some point. So, you know, it's just, it, it was one of those things that, you know, life kept us moving forward in a direction that, you know, prevented that from happening. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, uh, a reminder that, uh, you know, definitely something as simple as, you know, you, you move, cause we moved from Apple Valley to Burnsville, which is not that far. When you look at it on a map, it's probably less than 10 miles, but it took me out of that neighborhood into a new neighborhood. And, you know, of course I didn't speak with, you know, Jacob. And then found out about it at school that there had been an accident. So, 
It's just that it's like you turn left or you turn right, and yep. depending on what you do, it can be very, very different. You don't know, you know. Yep. And then you're in an issue of what if. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now to lighten it up, the the car that I showed you guys the picture of that Mustang. I didn't. I didn't. Don't know if you you noticed the color scheme on it. It was uh, kind of a, a blue and white. Yeah, it was a, it was like a, almost an aqua blue, but more blue than green, and with the white vinyl top. And um, like I said, a lot of girls like driving it because it you know it's easy to easy to to drive around. They called it the Smurf Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so it it yeah that was uh, I mean what the heck you know. So but again, it's, fu- it's funny that your your first car that you bought with your own money is a mm-hmm. Mustang. My first car that I bought with borrowed money from my grandma who i had to pay back monthly was a 91 mustang gt nice titanium gray close ever came to a hot or not a hot rod but a race car i love the car it was a 1990 honda crx little two-door that's not and bad no yeah. it was a little peppy little you know and yeah i would have driven it forever until i finally kind of totaled it but um, <laughs> it got it got well. It got hit the last time is my fault, so of course it got totaled. But the first time, time it got hit, somebody pulled in front of me and I hit him, and so that got repaired. The second time, it was parked in front of my house and a drunk hit it. Oh, um, and then it got fixed again. It got hit in front of my house again. By some kids oh who had taken their parents, stolen their parents' car and were going joyriding. And they smashed it hard enough to push it into our neighbor's yard. Oh. So I hear it. I run outside and they're gone. And their neighbor said, oh, it was a, I don't know what kind of car it was. It was this kind of car and it just ran a corner. So like an idiot, I I grab my mother's car and I start running, <laughs> driving around the neighborhood. And I spot the car and I pull in front of them and block them. And say, hey, did you just hit a car over in Redstone? They're like, yeah. I said, well, that's my car. Follow me. I could have been easily get been shot. But they followed me back. And somebody <laughs> called the cops. The cops, I guess, arrested him. And then it got hit one more time in the back. Oh, my because... God. <laughs> this poor car. Is yeah. that four times? That's four times. And they kept putting it back together. <laughs> we can Dude, rebuild that... it. You're yeah. about as tough on cars as Picard is on uh, Enterprise. Oh my gosh! Yeah, good segue. It is a good segue. <laughs> so we've got season three of Picard started. Uh, we're on episode three now. So yeah. three weeks back, I have to say, I I kind of went into this epi- this season with low expectations. A lot of people after- did. After last season, I mean, I love Patrick Stewart. I love the character of Jean-Luc Picard, but I think we can all see, I mean, the guy is, what, 82? He's he's at least 80. You know, and I know they filmed season two and three back-to-back because of his age, but, you know, he's not running around on the screen, and he hasn't, even in the first season, and when they had him do a couple little sprinting, segments in the first season that was like he's not too fast um i'm blown away this this season has been fantastic like the cgi is awesome and 
I wish that the, this season had been season one. Because yeah. I think if it had been, Agree 100%. It, it, just, it just would have ignited, you know, Trek fever. Well, I'm yeah. not as enamored with, sorry, Brian. Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, that's what I had heard going into this because I really didn't like season one. I, I outright hated season two. And I thought it was a lot to do with the writing. And they just kind of neutered Picard and he was just playing it as a feeble old man. Uh, but I kept hearing good things about this. Uh, if you know who Robert Byer Burnett is, he does YouTube stuff and he's on uh, Nerd Nerdrotic sometimes. He uh, and he's a huge Star Trek fan. He was really, he somehow got to see the whole season uh, ahead of time and he was just praising it. And then Nerdrotic was praising it. And then uh, Film Threat kind of praised it. And then there's a guy named Dave Cullen who does. Uh, movie reviews on as a on YouTube, he was praising it. So okay, well let, let's you know they kept saying oh it's a total new direction, they've really done a one eighty, the uh, new showrunner completely different. So I I watched the first I've I've seen the first three, and it is a vast improvement over the first two seasons, but mm-hmm. there's still some kind of tweaking that I wish they would do, um, and I think it's not. I think it's 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 current writing. It's it's that style of writing that you see in yeah. many shows. It's not just related to this show. It's just the way shows are written now. And uh, I guess we should say that we will be spoiling things. So if you haven't seen any of oh, Picard yeah, season but, three, but this is going to turn be off now. Full of spoilers. I yeah. am not going to hold back anything. Yeah. Turn back now. Um, <laughs> but I won't get into my my kind of nitpicks. But that was. I mean, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I just still wish they would just tweak a few things here and there to kind of really bring it back to where I think the level of next gen was. But the, the problem with writers today is every one of them seems hell bent on reminding us or, or, or informing us that every single person that you know is going to do something evil. <laughs> that it's just ground. It's born in them. It's just, Everybody has to do something evil because everybody's got evil in him. Well, they, they're not doing it so much in this season as much as they were the first two where it was – my big objection to the first two seasons was they just turned the Federation into – I think they were kind of mimicking current day politics and that the yes. Federation was now uh, a terrible organization, didn't seem to care about anybody. Yeah. And only, only Picard and Rafi and his little circle – cared about anything everybody else were a bunch of jerks and they just cared about uh being isolationist and you know all this stuff and there's a little bit of that in this season where uh crusher says don't trust anybody so they're not leaning into that as much as they well, were there's a reason for that and yes, I'm, I'm trying yeah. not to give it away but there's a reason for that well have we all seen the, all three episodes i've seen the three yeah so have I. right 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 john john i've seen them okay, okay. So, uh, spoil. Stop now if you have not watched the third episode. But we have. And I'll wait one, two, three, four, five. They're gone. Chang- changelings are back. The shapeshifters, yeah. <laughs> yep. So Odo's people are back, and she hasn't said it. Crusher hasn't said it yet, but. The implication is that you know, what we saw in 
the third episode is the cha- you know the changelings are back and you know anybody could be a changeling which if you yeah. watch season 3 or the episode 3 Riker is definitely a changeling yes <laughs> sorry you killed you killed us all it's well like, i mean what? he what he got he got swapped out at some point in this episode yeah. but oh, that's uh, funny cuz i i Dave, that never occurred to me. I, I, was, I had to say I was kind of working while I was watching the episode, and I kept thinking, well, that conflict seemed awfully manufactured between him and Picard. It didn't seem quite right. And now what you just said makes all the sense in the world, that it's mm-hmm. not Riker. I didn't right. even think that. Yeah, it's not Riker, so this is just my David brain going off. So, you know, because I watch this alone. My wife has no interest in watching Picard. Um, she watches Strange New Worlds and she watches Discovery, which, by the way, we found out, you know, this week that Discovery yep. is going to end with yeah, their next five. season. Yay! Which, well, <laughs> my wife likes it. and I, It's okay. My wife likes it too. But we don't get it until 2024, which, what the wow. heck are you guys doing? <laughs> well, they've spent all their money on... Uh, Picard, and I guess, I don't know when the next season of Stranger Worlds comes out. Um, I think that's this year. I, they kind of made it a point to say, you know, that Discovery wouldn't be till next year. And it's like, oh my God, you know. Like, that's, they're that's, both, that's those the, are both effects heavy, so. But yeah. that's an eternity in TV. You know, I mean, we got yeah. we got a season of Next Gen every year, right? You know, we got a season of Star Trek every year. Yeah, 20 episodes or 22 episodes every year. That's right. So every don't, year. Don't These are so much that. more expensive to, to put together. No. Well, it's like oh, Game of Thrones. I think Game of Th- House of Dragon doesn't come out for two more years. And the same with the new uh, Lord of the Rings. It's going to be like two years before that uh, I think second season comes can- out. I think that's been canceled. Really? The Lord of the Rings has? War of the uh, Ra- I, th- uh, I think there was a story yesterday out about... The Rings of Power saying it was probably going to be, or that it was canceled, but I'll have to double check that. I thought they'd already, maybe they'd already filmed like two seasons or, or more than one season. I don't know. It was, I, I kind of hate watch that. I'll admit that. It was, that show was pretty bad. <laughs> um, I, I cannot fathom hate watching anything because if I hate something, there's no way you can make me watch it. I watch, uh, my wife has been binging uh, The Rookie, which is something we just stumbled upon Hulu. Oh, we'll watch this. So we've watched almost five seasons of that. And if you're not familiar, it's a cop show with Nathan Fillion, mm-hmm. who plays like the oldest rookie in the LAPD. And it started out average, and it has really jumped the shark. It's really awful. So I sit there and watch it where they're I'm just and I'm, 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 I admit I'm ruining it for it because I'm just picking it apart. I'm 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 MSTing it. I'm just saying that doesn't make sense. She basically says, "Shut up." I'm just it's 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 just background music, you know, background <laughs> noise to me. I'm not really that invested in it. So why do you expect it to change and be logical? But um, what do you? I want to ask because uh, I know it's a lot of conversation about uh, is it Shaw, Captain Shaw, the captain of the Titan? Yeah. Yes. What do you think of him? I like the actor, but you you ha- you're supposed to hate him. You and are, was, but yeah, but but they've kind of t- dialed that back a little bit. I, I I I agree that he is kind of written as that. Um, you know, next gen's notorious for bringing in the uh, you know the admiral that 
doesn't listen to anybody and and is wrong about everything. And he's he's the Jellico. Oh, I like Jellico. I wish he was more like Jellico because at least Jellico was uh, he could be, you know, he could be kind of a hard ass and he was not likable, but he was competent at his he was good at his job. And that's why I wish Shaw was a little more because they always put in they'll put in a, a captain that and they write them in a certain way that they make them either weak or incompetent or an idiot. So well, that Shaw's our main competent. Shaw's no, competent. he is. Yeah, he's, he's not got, that. He's got, you know, uh, Riker, who's a, a captain, but I, I couldn't really get the gist of is he still a captain or is he retired? And then he's got Admiral Picard, who is definitely retired, not well, active. No, they're they're even though they're retired, their ranks still hold weight in the military. That's what I would think, right? Yeah, yeah. Because at be... the end of last season, he was a fleet captain when he brought well, that in was all last those. Season. Yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, so John couldn't now. couldn't Picard as an admiral if he wanted to take command of the ship, right? Well, yeah, I, I don't know about that, but probably not because he's not active but he would still have some respect but I, I don't think he could have taken it from Shaw right um so yeah I I don't know for sure about I like that. I like Shaw because he's not I thought they were going to do what you said Dave they were going to make him um he didn't know what he was doing and he seemed uh, and I, I what I've heard is I don't know anything about this but I've heard is that later episodes reveal why he kind of was kind of rude to Picard. He's, there's a reason for that. I don't know what it is. Maybe oh. it's something to do with Wolf 359 or something. But there's a reason why he's kind of uh, you See, know, short, I short one. As he's, he's got, you know, these... I assumed Riker was still active, but Picard is not. Right. And so he's got these two people that show up on a ship saying, you're going to take us to this place. And he's saying, no, I'm not. No, which is you great. Know, why, That's what right. he would do. He would say, "No, exactly. I'm not going to do that." Why am I going to take you there and risk? You know, which he says mm-hmm. over the course of the three episodes, right? He's constantly referencing, you know, the 500 souls aboard the ship. You know, like why should I do this? You know, for for your own personal gain, which is totally plausible. You know, because they they really can't give him a good reason as to why he should go do what they want him to do. No. Um, you know, of course, in season, you know, the episode three, you know, he he does come to the rescue, I should say, at the end of episode two, which blew my mind, by the way, when the Titan jumps in and breaks the tractor beam. Yeah, that was on awesome. the ship. That was so cool. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I had to rewind and like, oh, I watched again because I've never seen that before in Trek, you know, where a ship pops in. Right. And breaks up a tractor beam um but you know things obviously don't go good for him um we'll see how it turns out you know from episode three he's not doing so good <laughs> he's yeah. no. he's hurt pretty bad but beverly's on it she yeah. is on it isn't she yep. yeah yeah I, I i i kind of bristled at that scene because when you first meet the doctor on the ship and i think beverly was trying to do something and she's the doctor says, I don't have time to explain to you all the advances, I guess, in yeah, medicine. what was that about, by the way? Um, oh, that's weird. It was kind of just trying to put Beverly in her place. And then, of course, Beverly puts her in her place later when Shaw's there 
and you know she doesn't know what to do. And Beverly steps in and goes, "Oh, he's 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 something wrong with his lung. Whatever it was wrong yeah, with him, she gets her husband over yeah. there. Eternal yeah, eternal bleeding. Eternal bleeding. Uh, and there's a there's a balance when you do that. And a great example of that is um, relics with um, Scotty when Scotty comes back on board. At first, Jordy finds him as an uh, an annoyance because he's hundred years out of step. He doesn't know how to do anything. And he just really annoys Jordy. Uh, and then until Scotty kind of gets morose about it and like, yeah, you're right. I, you know, I'm, I'm useless. But then later they flip it so that he can kind of show Jordy how to do something. So that's a balance. Like each one of them kind of yeah. has their place. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would do that with, with the doctor instead of her being kind of combative with Crusher to say, well, hey, you're not up on the latest whatever technology you know let me show you how to do that this is how you do it let's work together yeah and then beverly could then could have come in and and she could have been like oh my machine's not working i don't know how to do this and beverly's like oh well you got to do this more you know more of a old school kind of um um analog type and that's i think that's what made that scene kind of rub wrong is you know, we're led to believe that she's the, well, first of all, <laughs> the previous episode, right? She, she's dragged out of her, <laughs> her bed, right? Where they're like, oh, don't, don't wake her. You know, like she's not well <laughs> enough to do this. And then the next episode, right? She's like treating people. It's like, okay, well, either she's on death's door or she's not. You can't be both. But yeah. we'll put that aside. You know, oh, just put it to their, to their, their century's medication. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, she she lets that one guy go, and she says, he's got a cut to his head, and she says, you're fine, just take it easy. Like, hey, yeah. you got dermal regenerators. At least, at least exactly. clean up his, at least clean up his cut. <laughs> well, she did that in this episode, right? Or the previous one where she was like, well, you've just got cracked ribs, and like, whoa, 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 whoa. you're all good. <laughs> you know? You're fine. But, yeah, the other doctor, when she's helping other people, right, says the line that you said, you know, like, well, I don't have, you know, time to catch you up on 20 years of, you know, medical advancements. It's like, okay, well, she can't treat cuts and bruises and minor injuries. Like, that just seemed to me yeah, like that's, uh, a total... You could do that yourself, I would think. You could... Uh... Yeah. yeah. John, what did you think? Uh, so... I agree. I think that season three is the best of the three of the what we have from Picard. Uh, season one was okay. I just kind of I felt it was very dragged out. It was something that could have been handled in half the time for that story, but eh. And it had too many directions going. Season two was okay. I liked more action of it. Uh, finally, that one doctor, uh, um, I forgot her name, uh, the, the one the, that becomes the Borg Queen? Yeah, she finally became interesting when she merged with the Borg Queen. Then I thought, oh, I can get, I like this character now. <laughs> um, but I'm really, I'm really interested in what we have going here. Um, uh, interesting concept about uh, Riker being replaced. Uh, that's something I hadn't even thought about. So that's an interesting thought there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that gets played out. Um, so do you, do any of you guys watch the Ready Room with Will Wheaton? I try to, but Will oh, is so smarmy. I just can't stand it. All right, I love the Ready Room. I love his. Uh... <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was great to see Patrick Stewart, Gage McFadden there talking to him, and the you can see that there's definite love between the three of them. 
and all that. But when Will Wheaton's talking to the camera without anybody around, he just grates on me so. He is yeah. a little, to your point, he is a little smarmy. He's a uh, it's it's a fun it's fun to watch him interview and you get some behind the scenes stuff of each episode which is really cool and you can find it I think on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, for anyone who wants to check it out uh, but it doesn't it sounds like everyone yeah. from the original Next Gen is coming back except for Wesley um, I think he's going to be be in there too well I think so well he's, I think he's, there the, was travel, he's of it. the traveler John. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but some of the comments that he's made in these ready rooms makes it sound like he his character is not back, but maybe he's just being purposefully uh, silent about it. Well, uh, I think if they, they were going to bring him back, they would have brought him back in season two when, is it Dosh or whoever the, the woman went off with, in, right. back in Earth it, time, it, went off with uh, yeah. the uh, traveler. Um, he was... Oh. I thought he was in an episode um, of Picard already. Wesley? Was he? Yeah. Yeah, he came in, I think, in the last episode or one of the next to the last ones for a brief cameo. But uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, but it's great. I'm really enjoying the third season so far, or third season so far. I think it's really bringing in some interesting action and forward movement. I love that they have Seven of Nine because they're really developing some great stuff with her character. So it's it's really excellent to um, see that dynamic back. I, I I like her. She dialed her down. She's not. She just seemed kind of in the the the, the other two seasons. She just seemed pissed off all the time. Um, and in this one, she's you know she wanted to be in Starfleet. And now she is. So I couldn't quite. I mean, I guess it's based on the adventures they had in the first two seasons. That's why she would show that loyalty to Picard to. Uh, basically disobey Shaw's order and take the ship to where they wanted to go anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess it's because it's like, other than that, I, I can understand her that kind of loyalty to Janeway. She would absolutely do that for Janeway. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't understand, you know, quite so much her doing that. Um, or, and the, the other, there's a scene where she's, I guess she's into house arrest in her her room and then Jack Crusher comes in and says, Oh, I think I know how they're tracking us. And they kind of start brainstorming how to do it. And she wants to go tell someone. And the, of course the guy who's just doing his job says, Nope, you can't do it. And they, and Jack Crusher punches him out. Hmm. And then the second later they call the bridge and say, Hey, we know how they're doing it. I thought, well, that's just, was that scene just so Jack could punch this guy out to like yep. being kind of a, uh, he just this guy's just being a, a rule follower and kind of an officious jerk. So you know you're wrong. I'm right. I'm the good guys. I'm gonna punch you out instead of why don't you just call from your your call up to the bridge from your uh, room and say, hey captain, Jack thinks he knows how this guy's they're tracking us. It's gonna be like this, and then you know, hey, can we go tr- investigate? But they kind of uh, they they kind of want that action scene. And showing Jack yeah. is kind of a, he's already, you know, he's a loose cannon. He's kind of a wild card. Hey, at um, least they explained his accent. I thought that was yep. great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was Still doesn't me. explain Picard, but. She Didn't said, explain his accent. Yeah, she's like, oh, it's in his genes. Uh, he's French. So if it's in his genes, he's just <laughs> he's speaking French, not, not British. Well, uh, not he, he went to school in London, John. 
I get that, yeah. but if it's part of his genes, then his <laughs> genes would be French, not British. <laughs> it's true. Well, I but did like that <laughs> scene, that yeah. conversation between Picard and Beverly. I thought that was really powerful, and especially because you thought Picard would kind of back down and kind of cower, and no, he came right at her and said, you know, you have no right to do this. You should involve me. You didn't make that decision for me. You know, what did you ever think maybe I would change well, if you told me yeah, that? Well, it, I thought both of them made good points, you know, because I, I was on Picard's side, you know, as a dad myself. Right. Like you didn't bother to tell me that you had a ch- we have we have a child. Yeah. And then right. She went into the I was going to tell you. But then this happened. Right. Where they were trying to kill you. And then Apparently I she couldn't send an this. email. She couldn't send an email or a message. Well, but still, right? She she rattled off all these times where she was going to tell him, and something else was trying to kill him. And I I kind of came to her side where it was like, I I get it, you know. If if she had told him, and then it got out, he would have been a target. You know, their yeah. their child would have been. It's a the target. David. It's like the David Marcus argument from Star Trek Two. You know, she didn't. You know, she said, "I didn't want him in your world. I wanted him in my world." Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Kirk was aware. And True. Kirk yeah, he, yeah, he was aware. Away. And I would, I would be maybe more on Beverly's side if she has, if she had not been a wife of a Starfleet officer. So she knew about Starfleet. If she was married to a scientist who was never in danger, that's one thing. But she was married to a guy who was in Starfleet, where it's dangerous pretty much all the time. And, and that's how he died. And that's how he died. So unless it's a reaction to that, she's yeah, like, but no. She explained that. She said, you know, I could protect my own kids, but I couldn't protect. I didn't think I could protect yours. Yeah. Because I, of I, how I mean, many people were coming for Picard. Yeah, apparently he's got a, yeah, he's got a, a target on his back. Apparently the whole universe is trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. He's too sexy to live. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought that was that was that was a good scene between because that was how adults talk to each other. You know, that is how it's it was. um, And the scene I thought was good when uh, Shaw gets blasted across and he's all busted up and he's got his (laughs) looks like he's got a compound fracture in his leg. Oh, compound. His bone was sticking out. Yeah. 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 That was pretty nasty. And he tells Riker, you know, he's not he's not written so much that he was so stubborn, like, no. You can't have control of my ship. He's like, no. He knows he's hurt. He's incapacitated. And he tells Riker, you got us into this. You get us out. And he turns it over to... <laughs> and Riker kind of came back to... Uh, the, the changeling? Well, he is the changeling, I mean, but he, he... he, he, Right. He, he, I wanted, especially in the first and second episode, I wanted Riker and Picard to show a little more... Uh, they were kind of jovial with each other. They were cracking jokes yeah. and they were kind of, but when it got serious, I wanted them to snap into and just, you know, change, change that and get serious. And like, and then Riker would be like, you know, Riker's supposed to be a great tactician. He would start barking orders or giving suggestions of what to do. I mean, Picard did a little bit of that when he was doing the transporter inhibitors, when they were on the, whatever Bevan's yeah. ship was called. Um, and that, and that, was more great, that. That, that was a great scene, you know, where he put yeah. those on and then he had to shoot them with the, the phaser because they couldn't uh, get teleported out because yeah, it was blocking the Titan. Yeah. Um, by the way, that was one of the reasons that, the you know, the Internet said 
that's how you know it's not Riker is that Riker uh, would have been more aggressive and oh, that an attacking Riker. Yep. That Riker was all about defense and didn't want to go on the offense at all mm-hmm. against the, uh, and the Picard ship. is thinking that that's because of his, his son that passed away. And, well, but then Riker also think that the reason why Picard wants to be aggressive is because he's fearful of his son's safety, Jack. Now that he knows it's his son, he wants to make keep him safe. So that's why because Picard's usually not the first one to attack. It would be that would be more of a Riker maneuver. Which um, can we talk about the portal weapon? It's kind of overpowered, don't you think? <laughs> it's a little. Well, yeah. It's a little. It's a little silly. <laughs> Just like the strike, you know, it's just like this all-powerful thing, and it's like, okay. I, I think <laughs> the way did, did, did anyone else have flashbacks to the, to, to the first uh, uh, Chris Pine? Is that his name? Yeah. Star Trek yeah. with the the uh, the Romulan mining ship. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it looks a little bit like that. It looks just like that, but like a mini version of it. Like that. It looks a little bit like the Shinzon. Or not Shinzon. Yeah, but, yeah, um, from... Was it Shinzon? What was his? It was, was Shinzon's vessel. I don't remember. Yeah, what whatever his ship was. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a lot like that. You know, there's a game called Portal. That yeah, I, I never played it. That too. But the, the <laughs> thing is, is that it just seemed like the the starship was moving in molasses. At the it did point seem we, slow. Like it, when, yeah. when you wanted it to go to warp. It was like, okay, we're going to build up to warp. We're going to build up. Oh, the portal got us. You know, and it's just Which like. Which doesn't make sense because every other time you see them take off, they just instantly just. And right, are gone. Okay. Right. So I wasn't the only one that thought that. I was like, since when did they have to build up power to go? I thought yeah. they just said, you know, go to warp, whatever, and boom, they were gone. Make it so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, well, the, it, it's it's just a dramatic effect that they wanted to show there, and and I it kind of, I mean, because even my wife and I were just both sitting there, kind of like, what? No. And, well, the the uh, it seemed like when they were they were the second time they tried to leave. He's like, okay, leave, and they're slowly kind of turning. She fires the weapon, and you and you can right. see it fire in front of them and they keep going towards it instead of right. turning Why off they turn yeah i know that's what I yeah thing. i'm like well you had like 30 seconds to turn the ship to a different direction but that's the same as the last part right where well maybe jordy's daughter's also one of the one of those things <laughs> she oh she could be a changeling could be anyone brian yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, be. Um, could be anyone. But, but that's like but that's like the last part right where they come out and uh, Riker says, you know, fire everything we got. And she can instantly have a portal in front of their ship, which it's like, wait a minute. I thought you had to fire this thing. Yeah. You know, and, and what happened off. to phasers? Well, what happened? You know, I thought you had to at least shoot this thing away from the ship, even if it was just a little bit. But evidently not in that instance. You could just make it be there. That was the only really cool scene is when they fire the torpedoes and then suddenly she uses the portal and they're coming from behind them and hit themselves. Yeah. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Now, the, the one, of the, one of the other things I found really cool and it kind of gave me a flashback to many, many years ago was the scene where they had the crewmen looking out the windows 
and they finally mm. see it coming from behind him because um, back in Text Trek in 93, the convention, um, I got into an argument with one of my friends about the Battle of Matara Nebula, where he said that he would just get all the crewmen to go down to all the windows and then call the bridge whenever they saw the Reliant. And I'm like, you'd have half the ship blowing up the con system. And yeah, he goes, yeah, that's right. And I'd be firing on that side. But, it, you know, the, the thing about it that always bugged me was just the starship distances and speeds being used. Well, because. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, to your point, Brian, they, you know, they say, because I think Shaw says, I'm going to have somebody looking out the back window, which is right. what yeah. one woman's doing. Yeah. Well, I understand that the, the, Sensors don't work, but surely there's not a camera on the ship itself that can just look out. It's like a re- like a backup camera. Apparently, they've only got one camera. It can only be used at one place at a time because they never have cameras in the hallways whenever people are going in and beating well, no, up on true. other people. Well, that's true. And <laughs> well, they they did show the Titan going down and moving in different directions. You know, which always reminds me of the Wrath of Khan. Which yeah. Tim beat into my head with the the <laughs> exit music of the podcast. Um, Somebody but, needs you know, to invite Kirk. He's online and wants to join us. You uh, know this. I just did. He, he only thinks in two dimensions. Yeah. And so it was great to see the Titan going down. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, get away from them. Don't just go on the same plane. Like, go up or go down. Well, didn't. You know? Last episode, didn't they do a loop when they were attacking? Didn't they kind of loop yeah. up and come back around? Because they came up behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the captain of this alien vessel, Vadik. Is it Vadik oh, or Vadik? My, mo- my mom hates her. She hates oh, the, the you, cackling. Do you know what my <laughs> wife said? Oh, my gosh. It's Captain Honey Bunny. It is. Because it's Amanda Plummer, who was in Pulp Fiction as Honey Bunny. But she's also the daughter of... Christopher, Christopher Palmer to play General Chang. So it's all in the family. <laughs> and it's yeah, you're supposed to hate her. <laughs> well, but it's funny to me that, and I'm not trying to sound sexist, but women are very critical of women villains. Yeah. And they do not like the stereotype, which, you know, she she plays the part great, mm-hmm. but it's very like one dimensional, you know, she's got her, um, oh, what her is cigarette what is or cigarette yeah, or what, whatever she's smoking. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the evil lady from uh, 101 Dalmatians? Corella DeVille. Yeah. Cigarette extender, you know, and then she, she laughs at the end of season two and it fades to black. Um, there's something, I don't mind her. I would like, you know, we don't we don't get much information on who she is or why she's doing what she's doing. Well, she's not a changeling. She is definitely not a changeling. No, definitely. But is she, she working with some, him though? She has well, for sure, because she has some kind of connections to all right. have all this equipment on her ship that far outclasses the Titan, which for as far as I know, the Titan you know, it's like a step down from the Enterprise, but it, I mean, it's it's a high class, you know, top of the line Starfleet ship. You know, this is not like 
you know, what we've seen in some episodes where it's like, oh, well, we're just a medical ship. We don't have any yeah. offensive capabilities. Well, I'm wondering uh, if, because I know LeVar, LeVar Burton comes in at some point. Uh, oh, oh, hey, wait, Kirk, did you join? Kirk's here. Kirk's yeah, here. Kirk's here. Now, Kirk, have you watched Picard season no. three? No, oh, not man. Picard. And we're going to be spoiling all this, but I have a theory that I think uh, it might shed some light in certain areas. Well, go ahead, because I've not followed any of the series at all, except what? the initial episode. Season one, show well, one. Well, well, season three is a far sight better than season one or is. season two. Kirk's um, waiting for it to come out and videotape. <laughs> well, you can you can watch it for free on Pluto TV. They show it like a week later, so if you don't want to have to pay for Paramount Plus, you can just download Pluto. It's free, and you can watch it there. Okay, maybe I will. Yeah. All right, you should want I, to hear my theory, I guys? My yes. Should I go away. No. Just put your put your earmuffs on. Uh, I uh, think that the nebula itself is the Great Link. I think that all that out there is the changelings. That's the bio signal that they that they're keep. How did how did yeah. they get off the planet then, Brian? Because they had they their were own on a planet. planet. Yeah, and Odo went to their planet to rejoin with the right. link, which looked like a bunch of melted chocolate. That's mm-hmm. another step in their evolution. Well, didn't oh, we even talked about Worf? Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he's awesome. He's awesome. Yeah, I I will agree. Worf is uh, they've got it, they've got him doing a little bit of too much kind of straight man humor, but yeah. uh, other than that, and Michael Dorn looks very svelte. He's like he's slimmed down a little bit, but yeah, I think he uh, has. Yeah, I love that Definitely. scene where Rafi wakes up and she gets the gun and she approaches him and he just turns and just disarms her. Uh, <laughs> you know, because she's supposed to be this badass and he just like, yep, give me the gun. You know, you're not, you know, you're. How about the fact that he killed those like six guys in the bar in like two seconds? Yeah, <laughs> with the bat laugh, right? Like ah, yeah. bah, 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 bah. He is yeah, that was cool. That's cool. Guess this isn't your father's Star Trek Next Generation, huh? It's, it's a good no. step out from it. it it's, yeah, I mean it's you know just a modern day step on it, and and it, it, I mean the thing is they're touching on all the things that give you the right feels. The only thing that would have probably, I mean, I like the guy that's playing Jack Crusher, but it would have been really cool if they gotten the kid that played his nephew and then also played Picard in the episode Rascals mm-hmm. and got him to play Jack Crusher. I swear we've seen, I've seen him before in some other show. He's on oh, Down yeah, Abbey, he, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's And he was on Outlander. Okay. Is that the okay. going back in time Scottish show? Yes. Okay. Don't. Wow, don't Kirk. To my wife. <laughs> uh, my wife loves so, that show. That's the problem. <laughs> Think you're going to be replaced by uh, a Scotsman there, Kirk? Could <laughs> be. Now, Kirk, uh, let me ask you this. I mean, it, it, it sounds, though, like we're all having a lot of fun with Picard. Yeah, and they've definitely taken a turn that that we're like, okay, this is getting nuts. So we just got to wait and see what happens, you know, moving forward with all the thoughts and theories that we have. Now, let me ask you guys this: Have you watched The Mandalorian season? Was it three part one? Yes, yep. yes. I watched it right yep. before we started recording. 
Holy yeah. cow. We're all on board. We're all on board. That's that's great. What'd you guys think? I couldn't recall when they show the previously on or whatever that little montage was. I recognized a few scenes and a few characters, but I was like, where, where wait a minute, where was this? Who, who <laughs> yeah. you didn't same, watch Book of Boba Fett, did you? No, I did, but that, in fact that was the most recent thing that I had watched, but it's been a year or so ago, so a lot of the the impressions have faded on me. So it's like, I feel like I need to get back up to speed. Like I need to back up at least one episode and watch something because there are references to, to a couple of things that I don't remember. Um, you know, they, he talked about, I took my helmet off. He's sees the armor. Uh, he asked, how can I, I, uh, redeem myself or, uh, you know, that all makes sense. But, uh, but I don't remember who the lady in the chair is who says, oh, do you have the ebony blade? Because I've lost the armada or the the, the, the rest of the folks. She's They're from gone. season two. Yeah, Pocatan. I yeah, mean, she Bo-Katan. was also in, in yeah. Clone Wars and, and all that. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember yep. her. Um, I'll have to be refreshed. But I just, I didn't think it did as good a job of bringing me up to speed as it should have. I mean, I'm, maybe it worked for you, but... I was still a little bit lost. I enjoyed the episode, don't get me wrong, um, but I I wasn't quite up to speed as we well, started. What they, they they do is kind of what they do. They do this a lot now. They do it with like Better Call Saul. They did it with Lost. When they show you the previously on, they only show you scenes that pertain to what you're going to see in this new episode. Yeah, yeah. relevant. Yes, yeah. So I recognize the little assassin robot that gave itself up in you know tried to IG eleven troopers. Yeah, yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. And it's like, okay, so when he says, give me the asset, I'm going for the asset, I vaguely remember that. So it's like, okay. That's first, I think that's the very first episode. Yeah, uh, well yeah. that was that was the first season, right? Where he sacrifices yeah. himself in the, mm-hmm. yeah. the lava. Yeah, it's uh I don't disagree with Kirk. You know, it seems like it's been a long time, although I, I know it hasn't. You know, it's normal TV time to have a new season, but we're all so inundated with so many different shows that it would have been nicer to have a, a more, a deeper recap of, you know, people, places, and things. Yeah. And, you know, why things are the way that they are. Um, I know there was a huge kerfuffle online about, you know, people that didn't watch Boba Fett. And so they had no idea what happened with yeah. Luke and, <laughs> and, you know, Grogu and choosing between following the force or going yeah. with Mando. And remember that. So that, yeah. So if you didn't watch that, right, then you're really confused about this first season. Uh, or this first episode of season he makes, three. He makes this statement. He's explaining to somebody very simply. He says he chose to come back. Right. It's complicated. He chose to come back. I've, so, you know, we're together. Let's move on. Well, let, let's all... That was a reasonable summary. Yeah, but the, the truth is, Disney thought, we need to sell more Baby Yodas, so let's keep him on the show. <laughs> oh, really? Is that all it was? <laughs> I no, guarantee no, it is it. No, there's... Uh, there's a story going on here that most people think that the Mandalorian is Din Djarin. No, the Mandalorian is going to be Grogu. 
Because ultimately, it would be Grogu what? that would sit on the throne of Mandalore as that bridge between the Jedi and the Mandalorians. Well, in the comics, it was Bo-Katan. And I think even in the, the cartoon, mm-hmm. um, it was Bo-Katan that sat on the throne of Mandalore and reunited Man- Mandalorian, Mandalore, mm-hmm. the Mandalorian people. So I don't know what she was doing in this first episode. She was just chilling by herself. Yeah, she said that she was abandoned once everyone found out that Din Djarin had the black saber. Didn't you guys recognize the reconstruction of the the sword, the throne of swords from the Game of Thrones there? <laughs> oh, I thought it no, was Odin's no. throne in Asgard. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that looked more like... Uh, it was the same throne that uh, Darth Maul was sitting on, I thought, right when he killed, uh, when they killed Satine in the Clone Wars. But if you haven't watched that, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I haven't nope. seen the Clone Wars. Oh, I, I just, guys, you are missing <laughs> such great TV. That is a really good series. It gets yeah. better and better. There's a, there are several online roadmaps of the, the, the episodes that you need to watch. Especially if you just want to see the good Ahsoka episodes that are probably the most relevant to what's going on right now. And it'll be relevant to her series that starts uh, pretty soon. I have I a thought question that, I thought for that you. got canceled. The Ahsoka series? No. No, no. That's coming up. I have a question. If you've all seen the first episode of season three, let me, uh, let me refresh your memory on something. The, the Mandalorian and Grogu appear to be traveling through hyperspace or through mm-hmm. some sort of a wormhole tunnel. It's it's a, a light blue tunnel that they're flying yeah. through and flying through. It's hyperspace, and, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's not quite clear to me if the Mandalorian, Mando, is asleep at the wheel or just on autopilot, but Grogu is paying attention, and he starts to look around at whatever is above and to the left and the right of him. Yeah. If I, the way I interpret this is he sees some sort of a shadowy figure that space is whales. space whales, space whales. Yeah. yeah. Space whales. What are space whales? Cause it seems like there was a, a whole pot of them. And I thought, okay, this has got to be something that's going to pay off down the road, but he doesn't wake up Mando and say, Oh look, or it doesn't go anywhere. So what's the significance? It's just letting you know it's there. Yeah, I think it's just a, a wonder it's, of the This of the is world. Chekhov's whale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and later on, that whale's going to come down off the wall and shoot somebody. Well, they're going to no, they're going to round those whales up, and they're going to ride them through hyperspace and attack a planet. Yep. These okay. are the whales that they find in Star Trek IV. Those are the whales <laughs> <Yeah>. that came <laughs> out of the pod. Well, I, I just hope this season is not a bunch more fetch quests because that seemed like that's what the other season well, was. It's, it's all like side quest, yeah. Yeah, I, I got to get this thing, so I got to make this deal yeah, with when, you when, to get this he thing. He decided he wanted to rebuild IG Eleven. I go, why are you doing this? Because he can, hey, only, you know, what? only Jordy any, can trust any, any, any operate any see, uh, episode. I get to see more Carl Weathers. Bring it yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, but you know the the thing with IG Eleven is like, did did you all catch the the little bit of uh, Jedi symmetry there? No. 
that IG-11 basically was crawling on the floor the same way Anakin was crawling towards Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Okay. I was getting a Terminator vibe. That's what I thought. That, yeah, I got more of the Terminator. But I mean, <laughs> really stretching. Okay. Just you know, following yeah, the it, Star I, Wars. I don't. I don't disagree with you, Brian. That it's kind of odd that they erected a a memorial to <laughs> IG Eleven. Well, but he's not IG Eleven, right? He's he was a different one. No, IG-88 is the one that was in... Oh, that's the Bounty Hunter, yeah. IG-11 was the one that was in here in The the Mandalorian. So, yeah. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know why Mando would have such an an affection or affinity to bring him back. Particularly Um, since he hates droids. (laughs) That's right. As he said, he trusted this one droid. Well, where's that droid? Where's it going to fit in his Navu fighter? Is he going to ride on the uh, top? (laughs) I guess ride out on the outside like R2 always did. I guess. Just hang on. Well, he did kick some serious ass when they raided that bandit base where where, uh, Grogu was being held hostage. Yeah. But, yeah, it's odd that the city would erect a memorial to a droid because that's not i don't think that's common but that was all that was all grief karga there he wanted that memorial built you know he's trying to build a legend there and he's trying to build a name come on he wants to be known as the high magistrate this is the <laughs> yeah. guy that's all about his ego and pumping things up so he's creating a legend there the mandalorian is a part of that legend ig11 is part of that legend grogu is part of it and I mean, you saw all the changes going on in this place. How long has it been? Because it seems like it's actually been a couple of years. So you can't well, just... Well, there, there was controversy online grow. about yeah. saying that Grogu was with Luke for two years. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. Before he came back. Yeah, that makes sense. Commando. So the, the timeline that we're thinking of is different than what actually happened in their universe so grogu mm-hmm. was with luke for a couple of years before he decided to come back to mando and so mando has been gone from these places that he's been for several years at this point and he's coming back um you know my disappointment was that mando didn't do the arnold carl weathers you know you son of a bitch <laughs> and yeah the two two hands slapping with the big biceps <laughs> it would have been cool. I, I did like his little two little droids that just followed behind and held his cloak up so it wouldn't get yeah. dirty. <laughs> well, but, you know, Brian, you make a good point. So where where is the Black Saber? Shouldn't Mando have it on his belt? Yeah, he's. I'm sure he's got it. He just hasn't had need to pull it out yet. But I didn't see it. I was looking for it. Yeah, it? that's that's kind of Chekhov's gun in reverse. It's like they're talking about it, but we haven't seen it. So what? What is the story? He doesn't use it a lot. Even in, in the Boba Fett episodes, he used it once. And is, is the more he uses it, the heavier it gets. Yeah. Well, but I thought it was driven by anger. I thought it was the angrier he gets, the heavier it gets. Or there was some correlation to emotion. Yeah. John, help me out here. Is it? Is it the angrier it gets, like the heavier it gets? I don't remember. Sorry. God damn it, John. <laughs> I know that there's something about it, but I can't remember. Which episode yeah. was that? I'll have to go back and watch it again. 
Well, and it's funny because Brian brought up the Clone Wars and the, the Black Sabers and the Clone Wars cartoon quite a bit. And right. there's no there's no mention, right, of any kind of emotional connection to the wielder of the sword. Right. You never see anybody having the difficulty that he has. Right. Wielding it. Now, you know, could it, was, it be that he's in that cult, maybe, that, you know, is kind of probably wrong in their way of doing things, even though they say this is the way. No, I think it's more of a, well, they can't or have it's, a Or it's Mando that, himself, his internal that, battle with the cult. No, I think it's, well, you, you can't have a character that has a weapon that's as good as a lightsaber and not be a Jedi. Or a Sith. Which yeah, is but, the whole, but, whole point of the Black Saber. I know, but a, a lot of people w- w- wield it. You know, that guy from Night, the Night Watch wielded it. And then what's her name from the Rebels? She also, the, the Mandalorian from the Rebels, what's her name? The one with all the pink on her outfit. Mm. You know, she wielded it. She was well, a right the, she, she actually uh, was. Guess, guess, what's his name? Um. I want to say Gus Freeze. That's not right. The guy from Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had. I, I know what you're saying. He had no he, problem. Wielding yeah, it. he he used it, and I don't. And he's not a oh, Sith. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. Moff Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, yeah. There's there's nothing that says that he has any force related abilities. Yeah, and that that's the thing. All these people, though not you know, except for the other Mandalorian. You know, you're wondering why are they able to so easily wield it, and he's not. And that, I think, speaks to whatever inner conflict is going on with him about what, you know, about what he's doing and who he is. Well, yeah, Moff Gideon was, like, cutting bread and meat, cheese. He had no problem. Are the the Mandalorian, or or whatever his real name is. Mando. Mando. The he's Dinjarn. Uh, he they're called uh, or uh, uh, Katie Sackoff calls him. him it says his cult. So Starbucks. the Starbucks. Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. So the Bo-Katan. Starbucks. So the yeah. <laughs> so the the group that don't take their helmets off. Are they like a splinter group of the actual Mandalorians? Are they are they the real Mandalorians and the guys that take their helmets off are a splinter group? What's what's the division there? And well, I mean that's he's the, the, the thing he we've really known about. Yeah, the thing that we know about the Mandalorian what well, the Mandalorians Extremist is that group. the planet has always been in turmoil, except for way, way back in the days of Tar Vizsla. Tar Vizsla was the guy that was a Jedi and a Mandalorian at the same time. He's the one that forged the Darksaber. All right. But after he was, after he died, everything splintered and you had all different sorts of groups that broke off, just like, you know, Christian religions in the United States, you know, and, you know, nobody could agree on what was the way. Um, Golly, it's been so long since I've watched everything in the Clone Wars to remember you know, all, all the all the steps in there. But, you know, the thing is, is that in order to be able, you know, in order to wield it, of course, you have to have won it in combat yeah. from someone. And, you know, the Mandalorian did win it off of Moff Gideon. It's just like so, a wand in Harry Potter. It yeah. Changes yeah, its allegiance. Say. <laughs> so he's not only is he, you know, the 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 true wielder of it, 
But that also makes him ruler of Mandalore if he were to so choose to do that. That all Mandalorians would, you know, come to him. I think he doesn't think he's worthy. Well, that's why it's too I, heavy. Think, I, I think he's <laughs> I think he's realizing that, you know, while the sect he grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, protected him and fed him and took care of him, they're kind of crazy. Because how how can you not take off your helmet, right? I mean, how do you how do you brush your teeth without taking off? Well, I thought helmet? they just couldn't take it off in presence of a person or yeah, somebody but, else. But, but, yeah, because because we saw him objective. take off. We saw no, we saw him in the first season take off his helmet in his hut so he could eat. But that's subjective. It, you know, what if somebody views you when you think you're in private? Well, and that was the that was the thing I was questioning right there because here he was in this hut, but the front door was open. Right, He's and there were windows. There the table, and there's it, they could look look in there at any point and see that there's a guy in there without a helmet on. But yep. you know, they, he just let, they they let that go. Like, but isn't you know, that like, why he thought it was okay in the first season to take his helmet off in front of a droid because that's not a living thing? Well, he he didn't want to take it off then. I know the droid. Right. Yeah, IG Eleven made him. You know, uh, swear several times. I mean, the IG Eleven basically had to work really hard to convince him. Was that, that when he was he dying say, or got shot? Yeah, he yeah, was hurt. Yeah, yeah, in the last episode of the first season. That was the no. bar fight. Yeah, it, yeah. When they're introducing the uh, the new kid to the clan or or what have you, and he's standing in the shores, the kid has long kind of blah, uh, brown flowing hair. Did, mm-hmm. Were any of you thinking that that was Mando? I did. Uh, yeah, that, I thought it was a flashback, but you, you know who that is? I'm guessing it's Boba Fett. No, no, no this is this is a new, this is a kid. You know, he's, he's not only that, kid, but uh, the actor Mando? in real life is uh, Jimmy Kimmel's, uh, I think it's his nephew. <laughs> so, oh. so is it Django Fett? He's a Nepo no. baby. Janko no, Fett's no, long no, dead. Yeah, it's it's not a flashback because Mando is the one who came in and, and saved, saved him. him. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's not okay. a flashback. But so are it's we a, supposed to know so... who that kid is? No. Okay. He's a he's a foundling that they're now turning him into a, a Mandalorian. He's Janko Fett. Yeah. A second. And and <laughs> the whole design of the scene was to make you think it was a flashback. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that you could but still keep the story going forward without a flashback by showing you how the initiation was. So that's exactly what he went through uh, was the promise never to take his helmet off. Um, so what is that lake that they were standing in. Are those the fabled waters? No, they're not. No, that was a different planet. Yeah. Okay. It looked like Lake Powell. Yeah, it, it sure did. They better hurry. <laughs> it won't be there much longer. Yeah, there's not that much water to Lake Powell. <laughs> that was a giant alligator, by the way. You know, and this is this is part of the challenge I have with Star Wars. So you've got half a dozen or a dozen Mandalorians shooting that alligator with lasers. That's mm-hmm. a hell of a thick skin. That it, yeah. didn't, it didn't go down. Well, I thought With it was poor planning weapons. to uh, to have their little ceremony on the shore where they're, you know, likely have this predator. Could, uh... <laughs> well, and then the one guy has the the uh, 
the Predator uh, machine gun. Yeah, minigun, gallon yeah. gun, minigun, laser gun. I'm trying to think of our uh, former governor here in Minnesota. Schwarzenegger. Uh, Jesse Ventura. Uh, Jesse Ventura, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, just going to town on this alligator, and it's like, okay, uh, really? That's a really um, deep cut. Jesse Ventura in The Mandalorian. <laughs> he, sh- he should be in it, season four. Yeah. Him He's and Carl new- Weathers, exactly. <laughs> That's right, you son of a bitch. You know, it's uh, funny. I'm sitting here looking at IMDb on the the kid that was the that that younger kid, and it it does list here that Jimmy Kimmel is his aunt or uncle. <laughs> <laughs> they can't decide. I guess you know. Oh my God. Like, his aunt or well, uncle. he, she, they, them. Well, um, if you, it's funny if you look at the you know at the end of the episode, they always show you like production art yeah. as they do the credits. Yeah. The artwork for the the alligator. It, the artwork looked like it was more of a snapping turtle, and I guess at one point they flipped it to be more alligator-like. Yeah, well, they don't want people shout, shouting out "Gamera." <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely behaves like an alligator because it's doing the death roll and yeah. all that. Yeah, and slapping people uh, with his tail. Yeah, up in the death roll and and trying to get people into the water. You know that that's that's part of the the issue I have with you know Star Wars weapons, right? You know it's. It's how how powerful are they? Because if that was conventional weapons and they were all shooting guns and, and you know lead bullets, he'd die of lead poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they they were just unloading into this thing and it was still just rolling around and thrashing around and coming at him. It's like okay, so are lasers not that powerful in this universe? Like. Were we supposed well, to be surprised by that animal, or have we seen it before? No, it was no. a surprise. It's, it's surprise. I mean, but well, it's just like the crate dragon. You, yeah, you, then they killed that. How did they kill that? They dropped a crap ton of gr- grenades down its uh, uh, throat, throat and yeah. set them off. <laughs> yeah. So everything in the Star Wars universe has an unbelievably thick skin? Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a a regular gator or crocodile's got a pretty thick set of armor on its back and on its sides. Um, so yeah, if you're going to extend it, gator? In, yeah, if you're going to extend it, you you know they're going to make that one even even harder. But those blasters, you know, it's like um, in Andor, we saw you know they had the blasters in the prison that one shot would kill somebody if it hit them in the right spot. You know, but that's really thin. And you're talking about, you know, just three, four inches to kill someone, you know, get to the heart or whatever. Well, it's but like on the that thing, the minigun, the Jesse Ventura minigun yeah. wasn't shooting him in the mouth. Yeah, I mean, he was shooting yeah. But he didn't know specifically where to shoot to kill the thing. Now, I was told there would be no questions about Andor on this exam. Oh, you haven't watched Andor? I haven't watched Andor, so don't. Oh, oh don't. guys, you oh, are, it's so a great series. So good. So good. So good. Really? And, yes. Really? I'm halfway through it. I'm bored out of my mind. No, keep watching. That's what I've heard people say. I, it's, I can't it's even boring. stay on this call with you guys. If you haven't watched <laughs> it, I, I have no time. I, I've actually <laughs> watched it three times. 
Wow, man. Because, I mean, the thing is, the first time I Brian watched it, I, I, was, job, I, I was like you guys. <laughs> I was like you guys the first time I watched it. I was kind of bored for the first couple episodes. But then when I went back and watched it, I'm like, oh, wow, that means that. And that's that. And that's and you just start really picking up on a lot of things. Well, I heard okay. Stellar Skateboard is pretty good in it. What? Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's what... <laughs> I've been told that if you if you type Stellan Skarsgård's name wrong, autocorrect was corrected to Stellar Skateboard. <laughs> you know, Tim, I think you and I are going to have to go into the next room and watch Andor <laughs> together. Yeah. I just haven't sat down and watched it. I just haven't. Oh, you have seen it? I no, no. I've seen the first episode, but I haven't watched all of it. Um, but I've heard that it's pretty good. It's pretty serious. It's not kind of jokey. It's it takes itself seriously and. It's got yeah. some consequences and stuff. It it, so it's very serious, and you know, especially the later episodes. Uh, and I'm not giving anything away, but the main character throughout Andor, um, isn't he the guy who shows up in Rebel? What Rebel, Rebel One? One? Rogue One. Yeah, yes. right. we, we know he dies. <laughs> it's the same guy. Yeah, he dies on the beachfront. Um, okay, so this is his backstory. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm up for that. I'm willing to watch. And that. I don't mind a slow burn. If it's done well, then a slow burn can be fine. Then keep watching. It, like I said, it, it really is great, and you'll probably want to go back and watch it again once you understand everything. Okay. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. I got to finish um, Tulsa King first. See, I haven't, you haven't, I haven't finished that yet? yet? I got oh, two episodes God. left. What? Tulsa King's pretty good. <laughs> so, okay. <it> <laughs> This it's is so good. It's, it's so it's, weird. Okay, I went to college with Taylor Sheridan. All right. What happened and to you, Brian? I don't wow. know. And the thing Talk is, about he, diverging and paths. Did, <laughs> he and I did a lot of a lot of productions together when we were. Oh, I when thought we were you were going to say did a lot of drugs. Uh, no, 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 a little bit of alcohol, but not a lot of drugs. <laughs> Some but, small amount uh, of kissing. I you know I, I thought he was going to wind up as an actor. He just you know he he looked like an actor. He had every tool there. He was just a very capable person and a, and a generous uh, uh, person to work with. Oh. And we, we did we did a, a a number a number of different productions and we did a we did a great Sam Shepard scene from True West. By productions, you mean stuff that happened in your dorm room? No, no, stage on oh, the stage. Okay. You know, different different. Uh, <laughs> productions that we did a course acting thing that was just hilarious you know kind of like um you ever watch pretend those i'm a woman you know, the, the carol <laughs> burnett sketches where everything goes wrong yeah, when we're trying to do a stage production everything goes wrong no we, we did uh we did one of those uh but uh, like i said just uh i have not talked to him in over 30 years i get it you guys got naked it's fine <laughs> okay, move forward well i think it's time to uh Call yeah. him up, Brian, and say, "Can I visit the set?" You know, well, that's right. My my son said, "If I can get you know, get talk to Taylor, maybe get him a job as an intern, free intern, just so he can learn whatever." Well, you have to go to Montana because I think that's where they film be, everything. Well, he bought a, a ranch out here in Weatherford, oh, and my friend David Gunter's wife. Okay, is well, we're not all familiar horses. with Texas. Is Weatherford in Texas? <laughs> Weatherford's about 35 minutes from where I live. Is that where they filmed 1923? I don't know. No, that's in Montana or Wyoming. Yeah. 
Because that's uh, where Harrison Ford does it, because that's where he lives. Fact of the matter is, I've yet to watch anything that Taylor has written or directed or produced. I still haven't seen Sicario. I've wanted to watch that. That's pretty good. Yellowstone, I thought the first couple of seasons were good, and then it kind of really ran off the rails, and I got really irritated with it and stopped watching it. Mm. Um, I've heard... No, is it nineteen eight? What's the one with Sam? 18, Elliott? Eighteen, yeah, eighteen eighty-three. So my wife heard, and I finished that last week. Heard that's good. And yes, it's really good. And the last episode, the last fifteen minutes, I'm not saying I was crying, but I had sand in my eye, and I had to walk <laughs> away. And my wife finished it because it was too emotional for me. Um, <laughs> 19, 1923 is really good too, but definitely yeah. not the same emotional punch that 1883 has. Well, um, I've heard that they, they're really, cause what he's just, he's got all these spinoffs and he's doing because he can do a season of say, uh, Yellowstone or 1888, whatever for probably less than one episode of discovery or Picard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're just going to give him all the money he wants. Well, he's wanting to do a future series now. Well, I thought the next one was supposed to be 1944. Oh. Let's see. Oh, upcoming. Um, Yellowstone spinoff 6666. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, that's supposed to come out in 2024. That's the year 6,666? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. <laughs> They're um, all flying sure around. That's not a time Cows, and it's about Cows the are in the air. When, okay, it says here, Founded when Comanche still ruled the West Texas, no ranch in America is more steeped in the history of the West than the 6666. Oh. Still operating as it did two centuries before, encompassing an entire county. It is See, where the what rule I heard. of law I heard, and the I laws of the nature next, merge. The next season was going to be, uh, well, and I heard 1923 is going to get a second season. 1883 is a standalone, but the next season was going to be 1944. Hmm. Which we have not watched Yellowstone in this house yet, because... By the time we were hip to Yellowstone, it was already like three seasons in. It's like, oh. it's like one yeah. of those shows like Seinfeld where it's like, okay, we're so far behind. Like, don't bother. Yeah. Yeah. So then you can't get, get behind on Seinfeld. It's episodic. There's no. Yeah. There's really no long arc arcs in it. Except like, for George's, George's jobs. Right. Yeah. Well, it'd be like Sopranos, you know. People, yeah. You know, it's like, I don't have time to sit down and watch, say, eight or nine seasons or however long it is. Sopranos. Yeah, you know, you guys think of it like, oh, well, the characters just know each other. It's like, well, we don't. Yeah. Um, so we started with um, 1923 because people said it was really good. And plus, my wife and I were like, well, if Harrison Ford and Helen Miram is in it, it's got to yeah. be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we started there and was like, okay, this is really good. And then we went and started 1883 and we're bouncing back and forth, you know, between the two and they're both really good. And my coworkers have said, I think it's the first two or three seasons of Yellowstone are good. And then it kind of goes downhill from there. Well, they start, there's a, there's a character on Yellowstone, you know, he's, it's, it's, uh, it's 
whatever his name is Dutton. It's uh, Kevin Costner, whatever his last something Dutton, whatever. And he's got yeah. three kids. He's got a daughter and he's got two sons. And they're all kind of the whole family's kind of jacked up, and, and nobody's clear. Yeah, and they own the, the big branch wherever it's up in Montana. I think it borders Yellowstone. That's why it's called that. They don't call it. This ranch is called the Dutton Ranch. But they start doing. I don't want to spoil anything, but they start doing stuff with the sister. That you can see, they start writing certain scenes for her that. I guess became very popular. So then he just started peppering those in just for the reason for her to do certain things. And mm. I thought, Oh, this is, this, you've lost me. And I, I stopped watching it, but um, up to this, have, it's not bad. I have another series that I'm wondering if you guys are, are watching or enjoying the uh, village people with their review of the prisoner on two true freaks network. I had not started listening to that. Oh, I've yeah. listened to two episodes and they're they're killing it. They're doing a great job. Man, they're up to the, like the is it the fourth or fifth episode now? They're they're up to the fourth episode of the prisoner in the fifth episode that just dropped this week. And I absolutely agree with them. This episode is the best so far. They're all individual episodes that stand alone. But they are arranged in an arc that makes a lot more sense than the broadcast. Yeah, we saw yeah. in '68, and that's uh, based on what Patrick McGowan's little roadmap of the episodes. Yeah, he says on yeah. there were seven original in the original concept, but yeah. Sir Lou Grade wanted to syndicate it, so they agreed to do ten more. So those other ten, as they got sprinkled in. Are, are not necessarily the core story. And I'm, and I'm, my gut feeling is I agree. The ones that they presented and said, yeah, this was one of those original seven. They're all solid stories that really deliver. I won't leave it for you, but this has been a hell of a good episode. And the last week's episode was really good. And I think next week's episode is going to be really good. Well, I'm just curious what they, how they deal with the final episode. Oh boy! And and what their thoughts on that are because you know it's like I've had thoughts on that for forty something years now. It's been That's since right. I've since I've watched that, and I, I own the series, and you know have watched it a couple times over the years. And I'm going to have to to go back and watch the whole thing again. Well, but I understand McGowan had to leave the country because the viewing public was so upset that they were costing him and his family in the street demanding that he tell them what it meant <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not joking i he literally had to flee the country because they and, were so and, pissed off and you know what i think i think that the creators of lost watched that episode when they decided to come up with the ending of their series i don't know Yep. I did, never saw Lost at all. I can't comment at all. Starts off great, but after two seasons, it really just starts to go off the rails. Well, clearly, Brian, they're all dead. Right. Well, no, I mean it's it's a it's a Damon Lindelhoff thing, where he ha is able to start off any story, but he doesn't he doesn't figure out what a and b are he figures out what a and a and a half is 
but he doesn't know where B is and he doesn't know how to get there. And so they always, his shows always wind up floundering. The things well, I think that he's it, writing. I think it falls victim to a lot of shows and the X-Files a little bit like this where they, you've got an idea of maybe a season. You put it out, it becomes super popular. Then you're like, okay, where do we go from here? They hadn't had it planned out. So they're kind of playing it by ear the whole time. Yeah. And that's why they lose, they lose their way. It's not like... But it, it, it goes back... And steel. That, that's been true of a lot of series. Yeah. They don't well, when you think of Star Trek The Next Generation, and you think about the third season, and that third season was just like one of the greatest seasons of, of t- sci-fi TV ever. And then they had the best of both worlds with the cliffhanger. And then you come back and it that that first episode of the of the next season, the continuation to Best of Both Worlds, was a very seamless continuation of that story. And it looked like okay, they had this ending worked out all along. Ever since then, though, every season they had to come up with a cliffhanger ending. And it just seemed like when they came back to the next season, they're like, okay, well, how are we going to resolve this? You know? Like they didn't think it through, whether it be Time's well, Arrow or any of the other stories. The, right? Who wrote Best of Both Worlds? Was it uh, Michael Piller? Um, I think it was Rene Echevarra, but let me t- I've got to take I a don't look. I think now. it was him. I thought it was because it was somebody. Anyway, he, the person that wrote it was leaving. So he wrote that, and then he was going to quit the show or leave or whatever. And then, so a lot of times they will write those episodes and they don't have the second part written until they come back after hiatus and then they'll write it and i think he came hard because it must have had some idea i mean isn't that the one isn't that the one where um, the card's been taken and Riker ends yeah so by saying fire yeah yeah because borgified but that was like the greatest you know cliffhanger of any star trek series that you watch that right there was the perfect cliffhanger. And then they came back and it picked up right where it left off. And there wasn't any, you right. didn't feel like, you know, they'd been gone that long. You just feel like it, it happened. And it was, I mean, the thing was, this is back in the days before the internet. This is back in the days before right. you really got to hear about all this stuff. So we didn't even know we were getting a cliffhanger. So when right. it happened, we were all just like, what, what, what? I mean, well, I you had, had fan, you had fan magazines, Brian. Come on. Yeah, but you, they didn't, they they didn't really set us up yeah. for this. Starlight was wrong. Come on. Are you thinking that uh, that uh, Patrick Stewart was going to leave the series? Well, there that, was there was rumor of that. Yeah, I thought that might have been what was going on. And let's see. So Michael well, Gene, Keller Gene, and Gene Roddenberry Dino. never was hot on Patrick Stewart being the captain of the Enterprise. No. Well, we showed him. <laughs> did you know they made him test with a toupee? Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it, looked, it looked terrible. Yeah, it was horrible. So I thought that was the network that wanted that, and Rodberry said, "No, no, it would you know in the future that's not going to be a concern. If you're bald, you know nobody's going to care." No, Roddenberry, you know, was still on the Shatner bandwagon, you know, as far as like you know, charming, good-looking captain, right? But well, Picard, you know, that, in that Picard, Fox, Picard has always looked seventy, even though he's thirty. <laughs> in the uh, in the encounter at Farpoint, the uh, initial pilot for uh, Next Gen, I've got to say, all of them are stilted because they haven't found the character beats yet. Yeah, they have exactly didn't have the, the the characters down. 
But I thought that opening shot of Picard being in shadow, stepping out, and the introduction was clunky as hell. And I was not, to this day, I don't like watching it because that ain't Picard. It is, it's just, Jesus, it's, it's poorly executed in my view. There are very few first season episodes I can watch. And, and, and again, there's a couple second season, you know, Measure of a Man, uh, the one where Riker serves aboard the Klingon vessel are, are good ones, but there are very few, you know, episodes in those first two seasons. But in the third season, they really, you know, That's hit their stride. They figured out the formula, but they figured out a formula that, unfortunately, as time went on, started turning into basically Star Trek Mad Libs. And, you know, fortunately, Deep Space Nine tried to step itself away from the model that, that they were using on Next Gen. But when Voyager came around, Voyager was basically Star Trek Mad Libs. You could sit there and say, OK, let's just do a character story on this character and then an anomaly story on this anomaly. And I mean, you just put it put in the names and words in there. That was it. Yeah. So is the third season the one where Riker grows his beard? Yeah. Well, no, Riker. Riker no, no, he gets his second, second season. One. But in the third season, they get the new uniforms. <laughs> the uniforms. Yeah. yeah. They get the new uniforms. Jordy becomes chief engineer. Okay. You know, and and it uh, the crew seems to gel a lot better. Okay. What I don't understand yeah. is don't. Don't watch any episodes where Riker doesn't have a beard. Is what I'm hearing. Listen, guys, it's uh, it's one thirty in the morning. Some of yeah. us have to turn in. Um, I'm going to yeah. have to at least drop off. Well, no, I think I think it's time we all get yeah. to bed. Yeah. So, uh, but hey, thanks everybody for getting on. If you guys want to talk to us about what we're talking about here, feel free to write to us. You can reach us on our Facebook page. You can email us at gotta get burned at gmail.com. Or you can even give us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes. Um, we also have a Twitter page, uh, but Gene Hendricks watches out for that, not us. And uh, apparently you can actually, if you log into the website now, you can leave feedback there. And mm-hmm. we've seen a little bit there. So we'd like to hear what you think. We'd like to know what you want us to talk about. Uh, even when we do these things, of course, a lot of times these, these cocktails and comics are just very, very topical about what's going on at the moment in time we talked about a lot of that but uh hey i had a lot of fun tonight i'm glad you guys uh, were all able to to get here i think this is the first time in a long time that all five of us yeah are are, are actually on so very pleased now of course over the next couple months we're gonna see a lot of smaller shows where uh, two people are going to be working together on stuff my own son christopher and i are going to working up some stuff together here so, uh, you know, hey, thanks, guys. Uh, David, this is your baby, so uh, you want to take us out? Sure. I'm uh, I'm about three sheets to the wind at this point. It's almost <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I've had so much fun. It's been it's been quite a while since we've gotten together to talk about, you know, the the current happenings. Mm-hmm. You know, we we love our comics, but we also love, you know, our TV shows. And it's just it's just fun to get together with people like minded and, and talk about the stuff that we like, which is, you know, happens to cross paths with Star Wars and Star Trek. And, you know, comics get intermixed into that. So with that, um, I'm David Thompson saying good night. 
Say goodnight, John. Good night, John. <laughs> Say goodnight, Tim. Good night. Say goodnight, Kirk. Good night, all. And Brian, say goodnight. Are we ever going to tell them that we edit out all the times we talk about porn? <laughs> no, oh, we good night. Good night. <laughs> 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 Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home But you can't stay here Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E F-R-E-A-K-S dot com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and Burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A. G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. <laughs>